Did you know that there is a Disney castle with a hotel? How about a ride, an attraction, a dragon? We're going to deep dive into all that and more on today's DizPod. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the DizPod this week. As you can see from my sign back here, we are not live this week. We are recording this a couple days early because somebody decided they need a day off to go to the parks of all places. I resent that. <laughs> <laughs> but we Sometimes. appreciate the work that Corey does and his family decided to take a day off and go to the parks on their own before school starts. And uh, we thought it was well worth it for him to do that. That's exactly what it is, and had this in the plans for quite a while. You and I have talked about it, yep. and just slipped. I don't even want to say it slipped your mind. I'm the leader of the club, like Mickey, so <laughs> for me to not say anything and remind you repeatedly leading into this uh, was my, I'll take full responsibility for that, and I, I really want to applaud Lawrence for being such a trooper. I mean, we're recording this on a Monday night at 9.14 p.m. after he had a long day of work and I had a very long day of work plus some private client work that I did after my regular job. Um, I'm, I'm, you don't hear me say this a lot, but I'm definitely tired. The eyes are tired. <laughs> I could roll over and take a nap right now like for about eight hours. So that's going to happen. Pretty, pretty standard Monday for, for both of us probably. <laughs> It is. And, you know, I have to pack that in like that so that it frees up my Tuesdays, my Wednesdays. That's right. how we balance all of that. So, um, yeah. And I gave you the choice. You know, I was like, well, we can just punt the week and tell them we'll be back next week. But we don't really we don't want the pod to lose any momentum that it may be no. gaining for sure. Right. So, so happy to be here. I was just thinking, you know, there's different levels to this. You know, it's you and I hanging out as friends, doing, talking about Disney, what we love, things we may talk about anyway, right? and just have fun doing it and allow everyone to share in and listen. Thank you so much for everyone that does join us in the live chats. Uh, those who are mowing their lawns, those who <laughs> sit out on their patios with a glass of wine and just listen, those who listen when they drive home. I know all these things happen because I get the messages. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate you all. This really is an extension of living in Diz that live streams from the parks. It really is its separate entity. And, you know, I still don't know if I really know. I, I guess the main point of having this is I love doing it. It's fun. That's that's number one. If it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. Right. And I just hope that people it two things. I think it I think it's a revolving door. Is that the a two-way door, maybe, where, you know. If people just want to listen to the podcast and they find us and they love us, that's awesome. Right. But ultimately, you know, I'm hoping our fan base that watches the live streams comes over. And then maybe we pull in a few people now and then who discover the DizPod that come over to the live streams. 100%. Yep. And all in all, subscribers are, subscri are subscribers. So yeah. let's go. If you're listening for the first time, definitely subscribe. We're live from Disney Parks two to three times a week. And we have fun doing that. So much fun doing it. I like to say we bring the extra fun to the magic. I have all kinds of catchphrases, right? 
we bring extra fun to the magic. We thank you, you write so them much down. for allowing this to be your ticket to Disney. You know, um, and of course, our staple from day one, enjoy Disney through the eyes of our family is what it's really all about. And when I reflected back on our fifth anniversary mm. just last month, I said, wow, that statement still holds true today. People have been enjoying Disney through the our eyes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it makes it so much, you know, you, you, if you are a live streamer, uh, you know, your personality is going to come out. You're streaming two, three, four, five times a week. And so your personality is going to come out. And that's what really hooks certain people. And um, I can tell you personally, that's why I started watching Living in Diz was, you know, the way you work the park, the way you interact with the chat. And so uh, I think the podcast is really just an extension of, of that. Thank you. I think everything we do that we bring to the, the live streams in the parks um, is a little bit next level. I mean, the effort is put into every single aspect of it. Yeah. You know, and I'm really appreciative when people do mention that when we're live. So um, remind me to touch on that when we get to in the parks this week, um, because at the end of the World Showcase walkthrough, there was definitely some chat going on that's worth mentioning of just how appreciative everyone is uh, kind of came out of the blue. And I wish I remembered the names, but um, I'll mention that a little bit there. So let's get started. We've got tons to cover in a short period of time. We're going to start with I figured it would be great to start with a different subject this week. We will touch on the next resort feature. We're going to do them all until we're done with them. Mm -hmm. And today, Lawrence decided that we would do Caribbean Beach. And I think we got a few things to say about Caribbean Beach. I guess <laughs> that's how I would say Caribbean Beach. <laughs> uh, but first, we're going to touch on Disney Park comparisons. I thought it'd be a good idea to just kind of compare and contrast just a few points of the Disney parks. I have to admit, I've only been to one Disney Resort or Park, Same. per se. Of course, there's four parks in Walt Disney World, but that's where I reside, and that's where I play, hoping to go do some Disneyland sometime in the near future. And I'm not going to rule out any of the other parks no. in the entire world. I would hope that eventually I would get to them all, but uh, no timeline for that for us. I mean, when, and I, think, when I think vacations... We've got the the big one that we're not going to announce yet, but we will be as soon as dates become available to us. Mm. But then we're looking into the following year, and maybe, maybe that's the year that you come out to Disneyland with us because Kathy is counting on doing that with us in 2025. All right. So maybe we can make that a bit of a trip. Whoever else wants to come out, you know, Holly, you know, <laughs> Jeff, maybe. I don't know if we ever get Neil out there, but Neil, you're invited <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't rule the the other parks out for, for my family either. Um, you know, we see, as you'll see uh, soon when we do the comparison, some of them are just absolutely beautiful uh, castles, and they're certainly not the same. No, they are not, and we're going to dig into that in just a moment. I'd like to say that every each and every week, we wear different... Hawaiian Disney themed shirts 
I can't guarantee there's going to be some repeats. There's there's got to be some repeats, but we, we feature one of our Hawaiian shirts in our collection. We also feature uh, a Disney mug in our collection and a magic band in our collection. And there are plenty of those to go around. Today, I am enjoying some water from my Pandora mug. I could be mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong. This may have come from Ann Gilnack at Christmas time. Oh. And it has Pandora written on the inside of it. So I have um, all kinds of criteria for purchasing my mugs. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about mugs, but it really is only about Disney mugs. I could care less about any other kind of mug. <laughs> it can't be your standard white mug with, you know, standard shape, standard uh, handle with a print right. on it. Right. Oh, no. It's it. The special features for me are the shape of the mug, the shape of the handle. And, you know, Disney does some great things with their handles and yeah. all that. And the the big bonus is if you put something on the inside of the cup, like a print. You like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. There's a Nemo one with like, um, I'm, I'm sticking my fingers in the cup now. I've touched <laughs> the water, but my hands are clean. And like, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, what is it? A seagull inside, nice. like literally inside of it. So that, that's pretty cool. So I have that criteria. What do you, what do you sport in today for? Yeah. You're, you, my mug is not as big as yours. That's a big mug you, you have there. My mug is bigger than your mug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a pretty traditional Disney mug with characters on it and some villains there. So ah. cool. it is blue on the inside, which I do like. There's no writing in it, but I do like where it's a different color on the inside. So for those who are who can't see it, he just held up the very mug that I, I just... Uh, said that I despise it's white with no character on its handle, like no <laughs> character to the handle. <laughs> but I have to say with that particular mug though, if I were to buy one, that would be one of them because the characters are so big on it. The right, big wait, let me, I'll cover yeah. the handle so you don't see the handle. How about that? Do you yeah. like it better? <laughs> yeah. I do love that mug. And like you said, the nice touch is the color on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't, I don't have a magic band on, but okay. I am holding a magic band that uh, you will get to see shortly. Yes, in yes. a couple of weeks, we'll be revealing that. Yes, and I am wearing... So I, my, you have to make it all the way over to that side. <laughs> right. My Hawaiian shirt is from Seoul. Love it. And yeah, it's full of instruments and probably posters... Yeah, mm -hmm. from like gigs that Joe would have played. Uh, really cool, very jazzy, very colorful, very, very colorful, patchy. It's like there's patches all over it. And yeah, you have my eyes. As soon as I saw it, it caught my eye. Yeah. And I love that stitch you got on. It's like an off white to me. Yeah. And like a cream uh, with stitchy all around and his Hawaiian with leg. It's very nice. Nice. I love that Very shirt. I love, it. I love it. I might have to get that one. I might I'll have send to you the it. link. Yeah. And I went, I happen to have a magic band that is the special edition soul magic band. And I will take it off at the end. If I remember and show you all the details of that scrolling at the bottom is one of the benefits that we have. If you're watching on video, which is we like to scroll our Diz club members as we pay tribute to them 
All right, let's get to work here. It's Disney Park Comparisons. And I've got that over on my other screen. So I am going to read from there. I might see if I can just drag it over here. I'll, I won't get to see you quite as well, but we'll we'll move that <clears throat> in a moment. So let's talk about the local culture first when we're comparing and contrasting parks. So each park celebrates and embraces the local culture, traditions, and events of the area that they're in. For example, Hong Kong Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland have elaborate festivals and parades to celebrate Chinese New Year, while Tokyo Disney Resort has a tradition called the Running of the Bulls, where guests run inside the park as soon as it opens. That doesn't sound too safe to me. <laughs> That's a local cultural thing in Tokyo. Wow. I thought the only running in the parks was the uh, princess marathons over, I, over here. Yeah, I thought I was going to transition right into, oh, they do a run Disney event. But yeah. uh, <laughs> running of the bulls. How about running of the guests? <laughs> wow. That's different. No guests were hurt in the today's running of the bulls. Now, when we talk iconic castles, each park has a castle that represents a Disney princess or a character, but they are not all the same. For example, Cinderella's castle is at Magic Kingdom in Orlando, in Tokyo Disneyland. Sleeping Beauty's castle is at Disneyland in California, in Disneyland Paris. Enchanted Storybook Castle is at Shanghai Disneyland, and Le Chateau De la Belle uh, Boy Dormant, don't shoot me, I don't know French, is at Disneyland Paris. So there's different castles there. We're going to take a look at those in a moment. I'm going to do a screen share so we can see those. The unique rides, each all have their unique rides and some are repeat rides, but each park has some rides that are exclusive to that location or have different versions of the classics. For example, mm -hmm. Shanghai Disneyland has Tron Light Cycle Power Run, a high-speed roller coaster based on the Tron movie. And we all but we also have that here now in Disneyland, Disney World. While Disneyland Paris has Ratatouille, we also have Ratatouille here. Some rides also have some different names or themes depending on the park. For example, Splash Mountain, which we no longer have, neither does Disneyland, is based on Song of the South no longer in Orlando, but in Tokyo. It's the only place now. And um, yeah, so there's that. Now let's talk about the size of the parks. Mm. The size of the parks vary greatly depending on the location. Walt Disney World in Orlando is the largest. And that covers more than 43 square miles of land and comprising of four theme parks, two water parks, and an entertainment district, as we know as Disney Springs, and a sports complex. Disneyland in California is much smaller, spanning about 500 acres, and comprising of two theme parks and an entertainment district. The other parks are somewhere in between these two extremes. So you've got your largest and your smallest. I like to tease people who are Disneylanders and tell them that you can fit Disneyland in the parking lot near Magic Kingdom. Yeah, which is crazy to think <laughs> that way, especially because it's the original. Um, 
but you know Walt's idea was um, go big or go home basically and you know I don't think he had the idea for Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios but he certainly bought enough land back then to um, be able to do all of that yes for sure for sure so we're gonna do a little screen share here and show the castles and we are pulling this from Offstage WDW is where that's coming from. And once that pulls in, we're going to be able to see some details. And we can physically see the size of these castles. So I'm, I'm not going to really look at them. I'm going to, oh, they're right there. Don't look at the screen. We cannot look at the screen for a moment. Okay. Let's see. Um, so how can we do this? I want to do a little contest with you. Uh, I'm just going to do it with you. Or let's see. We'll write down the parks. Yeah. Tokyo. Let's write down Tokyo because we got to be we got to be podcast friendly. So Tokyo, Disneyland, and then we'll write down WDW, Paris. What's left? Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai. One, two, three, four, five. There's one more. Right? No, that's it. There's five, right? Uh, Hong Kong. What's that? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you a few seconds. Just rank them smallest to biggest. So we've got Hong Kong there. Ready? Go ahead. I'm going to look at these. I mean, I have, I don't have any idea, uh, but I'm going to say this. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just going to write them down. So I think this one would be number one. Um, number two. Number three. And actually, I'm going to go number one here, number two there, number three, and number four. And maybe this is number five. Okay. Pencils down. All right. I just threw some numbers up because um, I can't <laughs> even picture some of these re in real detail. So maybe this well, is a Looking field. at the first one, I know I'm, I'm already wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I said the smallest castle was Tokyo, and that sits in at number four. Oh, wow. Uh, so we'll do this. We'll I... do it like this. We'll do it like this. Where did you put Hong Kong? Because Hong Kong is the smallest one. It's a close replica of the castle in Anaheim, which is Disneyland. So I thought I, I had heard that, and so I, but I thought Disneyland was the smallest. So I put Hong Kong at two. Okay, Hong Kong at two. And I said, well, I had Hong Kong at four, so the fourth highest. Mm. The fourth. No, no, no. I did, you know, I did my numbers in reverse. So I had Hong Kong as number two. Okay. I wasn't that far off. Nope. And of course, it's Sister Castle, which is right. based on the New Schwanstein Castle in Bavaria, is the Anaheim Castle. So, so far, it's Hong Kong is the smallest. 
Anaheim, California is the second. Where did you have Paris? Uh, Paris, I had a three. Oh, I got one. I had, I had Paris at, I had it at five. So I'm way okay. off. All right. Um, and let's see. It, the little notes there says borrows elements from French castles and monuments. The Disneyland parks in Anaheim, Hong Kong, and Paris have Sleeping Beauty castles. The parks in Tokyo and Orlando feature the Cinderella castles. Now, so, <clears throat> there's a great uh, show on Disney Plus called Behind the Attraction. Season one, episode six is all about the Disney castles. Um, and you would think Cinderella's French. Let's just build her castle there. But the French uh, people actually liked the name. Um, I was trying to look for the actual name. They liked the po poetic, uh, the poetry of the name, um, which is essentially the castle of Sleeping Beauty. Uh, Le Chateau so they de Bella, uh, Boy Dormont. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> is that what you're trying yes. to think of? Yes. Couldn't remember that. <laughs> Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue for us. <laughs> it does. Improperly. Yeah. All right. So what do you have for number four? Number four, I had... I had Tokyo. Oh, okay. I, I had, had Tokyo. Tokyo as the smallest. So I had that number That might have one. been a lucky guess. Yeah. And there's a glass slipper inside there. And Orlando, our home base, I had that as the tallest. And I, I have to admit, I, I, don't, I do know that Shanghai is tall at 197 feet. But yeah. um, I didn't realize that our castle was just a little bit shorter. So, and you know what? I, mainly, I knew that they were about the same, but I thought Shanghai was taller. So I actually had Orlando at uh, five. Okay. Yeah. While the base evokes Romanesque fortress fortresses of medieval Europe at the bottom, the pointed spires mm -hmm. on the top are reminiscent of Gothic architecture for the WDW castle. And jumping over to Shanghai, which is 197 feet, the tallest one, topped with a golden peony, a flower beloved in Chinese culture. How about that for a touch? Very nice. Yeah. So just to expand on that, the sizes of the castles um, as we ranked them, or as they were ranked, 77 feet for Anaheim, California. I don't have the Hong Kong one here at the moment. Actually, you know what? Hong Kong is just a little, little bit bigger. So what they have up at the top is actually flipped. California is the smallest. Hong Kong is slightly taller. Okay. I think, right? Or this website is messed up because when we look at the comparison here, when I, as I scroll, Disneyland California is 77 feet. Hong Kong Disneyland is 77 feet. <laughs> now and that's an interesting one because they redesigned this. Yeah, they redesigned it to be yeah. 167 feet. Yeah. Oh, so they would have redesigned there. Yeah. 
So that's what the original yeah. was like. And then they uh, they redesigned it while the park was open. They just wow. did the whole thing. Put some big scrim walls up, and here we go. <laughs> that's right. That's Did right. you know when the park was built in 2005, a survey of people showed that they wanted the same Sleeping Beauty castle in Disneyland, and the Imagineers delivered. That's why. Is that why that happened? As the park's 15th yep. anniversary approached, Imagineers wanted to do something special to have the castle stand out. They decided to make it bigger and dedicated it to not just one princess, but all the princesses. Since the castle already existed in a busy park, they painted and assembled 15 prefabricated parts off-site, then moved them to add on to the castle. Now named Castle Magic of Dreams, the gorgeous castle features 12 towers specifically designed to represent the 13 princesses. Anna and Elsa share a tower. Very cool. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Disneyland Paris at 167 feet. Did you know that the Castle Le Chateau de la Belle au Bois Dermont is a literal translation, translation of the name Sleeping Beauty? Imagineers found the name quite lengthy, but the French residents loved it. The castle looks different from the original Sleeping Beauty one located in Disneyland because Imagineers wanted to design something completely different than a typical castle. France just so happens to be home to more than 40,000 castles. Therefore, they made that one look more fairy tale like um, as you would find a castle on the countryside. I didn't even know there were 40,000 castles in the world. Right. That's all. Exactly. That's a and lot of the, castles. The stained glass windows in there were made by someone that came out of retirement to do the stained glass windows for that castle and he had done them for other castles like real castles real castles yeah well that's awesome money talks that's awesome <laughs> yeah uh, that is beautiful look at that foyer are you kidding me so this is where the glass slipper resides it's in tokyo disneyland and it is the third highest castle here at 168 feet did you know based off the Walt Disney World's Cinderella Castle in Florida. Tokyo's Cinderella Castle features a walkthrough attraction and a of the classic film. A walkthrough attraction. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. there's, and there's magic. Between the, the uh, you know, you would think it's just a castle, but there's so many differences between each of them. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It really is. At a hundred and Eighty-nine feet. Walt Disney World's Cinderella Castle checks in at that, and not a foot taller because it would require a blinking aviation binkin. So, they, if they went just a little bit higher, they would have needed, you know, some of those blinking lights to warn planes. I didn't think planes flew that low. <laughs> yeah, I know, but. Rules are rules. While this castle does not have any walkthrough attraction, the walls within the interior archway are covered with five intricate mosaic murals. The pieces are made up of 300,000 Italian glass and completed with real gold and silver laced throughout. 
I know they're and, beautiful. Uh, I mean, everybody takes takes pictures, you know, in um, they in do the, right in the hallway there. Yeah, yeah, in front of it, of it. I walk through it now and then uh, yeah. during a during a you know a, you know after closing of the park. We have to be in the back. We'll walk through and kind of feature that. And Shanghai Disneyland Park. It, uh, let's see, acreage-wise, Shanghai Disneyland is one of the smaller parks at 100 acres, which in comparison, ready for this, Disney's Hollywood Studios is bigger. Is bigger than Shanghai Disney. Wow, I mean, what do you do as an American to plan a trip there? I mean, you, I mean, you want to check out the culture in all these other countries anyway. But yeah. what do you spend a couple days there? Good. I mean, it's it's small. That's a lot of money. They just go out and do one park, don't you think? One park. Yeah, because it's not like Florida where we have four. You know, it's it's one park. It's crazy. We're so spoiled. It's it's kind of like in your mind, you know this around the world, but it really is just one park. So yeah, uh, it would be so nice, wouldn't it, to travel to these other parks in, these, uh, in other parts of the world, knowing that you have two, three, four parks to visit while you're there. <laughs> right. right. But I guess in a way for us, the advantage is, right, we can look forward to spending that week's vacation or 10 days doing other things. Doing so, other things, yeah. Whereas if it was bigger, you'd be going for your seven or 10 days and probably miss out on the surroundings. Yeah. But ironically, it's the largest castle out of all of them. It's named Enchanted Storybook Castle. It includes a restaurant, Bippity Boppity Boutique, walk through attraction, stage, and the boat rides, or it says in the boat ride goes beneath the main level and outside the castle. Wow. Yeah. There's an honorable mention here. It says the enchanted tale of Beauty and the Beast located inside the Beast's Castle in Tokyo Disneyland takes guests through scenes of the beloved story. And it opened in 2020 as part of a massive expansion. The castle stands at an impressive 108 feet tall. If it were an official castle on our list above, it would have been ranked at number six in size. Hmm. Yeah. And of course, we know that in Magic Kingdom, you can eat at Be Our Guest. So the illusion is there's a tiny castle at the top of the mountain, right? And I guess you're supposed to feel like as you enter, you're entering the cat that castle. It's supposed to be an illusion. It's in the distance, so the castle is technically smaller. That castle is only 15 feet tall. <laughs> it looks a lot taller up there, doesn't it? I mean, I knew I mean, it was smaller and they would use, you know, um, perception there. But uh, holy cow, I did not. 15 feet tall. Wow. That's pretty amazing. impressive, right? Yeah. I love it. So there it is. A little bit of comparison and contrasting with the Disney parks with a focus on the castles. Um, I learned. I learned a bunch. Oh, yeah. Oh, I sure did. Right. I sure did. Yeah. And if you have a chance, like I said, check out that um, 
uh, Behind the Attractions Season uh, 1, Episode 6 on Disney+. Plus. Uh, very cool um, story about all the castles. Uh, and the rest of the whole series is really good. It talks about It's a Small World and Space Mountain and all sorts of uh, attractions throughout the entire Disney company. You know, that's a thing that Disney Plus did in the beginning that I totally loved. I wish they would do more seasons of that. I yes. love that so much. I mean, if you take out, well, you, now I'm taking out most things, but if you if you take out the classic films that are on Disney Plus, if you take out the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars stuff, that is my favorite stuff right there. Yeah. I've always been someone as a kid who uh, grew up just wanting to watch the making of anything. You know, how was this movie made? I want to know when I watch these documentaries all the time. I even think Leonard Nimoy had a show and I think it was on Nickelodeon. And it was called like, I almost want to say it's like lights, camera, action, but we'll have to look that up. Okay. At some point, but it was just it was just the making of, and I just love that behind the attraction stuff. I wish they would make more. I enjoyed those yeah. so much um, that maybe I'll go back and watch them again because you kind of forget things. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I will say on a side note, before we get into the Disney resorts, I did go see Haunted Mansion, and I'll tell you, as a person who has done a lot of writing as a hobby over the years. Uh, you know, all, although I haven't published anything, but I've, I've written some scripts and do, done some things and had some pretty good feedback and acclaim. I always look at movies and say, how would I write that different? What would I change? And I looked at Jacob and Tammy and I was like, for the subject matter of this being a ride in Haunted Mansion, yeah, I can't really see much of where we you could do better. I think it was almost perfect for what it is. Wow. So, yeah. So I have to be careful, though, with rating because Jacob and I like to go along with Rotten Tomatoes and, if you know, from 100%. So he keeps me in line because we left and I was like, I think that's a 95. I'm like, Barbie was not a 95. Mm. I think for the phenomenon, people got all caught up in it. Come on, people. Barbie is not 95. It is not. Because if you think that is, I don't know if I want to trust you on your evaluation of movies. Barbie it's was funny. fun. Barbie was fun, but I gave it a generous 75%. It was it was fairly solid. But, yeah. you know, I and, and I did almost drop a tear at the end. So you got to check that. And, you know, I did say that Mission Impossible was like 95, 98. Like it was, it was there. So with all that said, Haunted Mansion was truly entertaining. It was a lot of fun. So many Easter eggs. You just have fun. And it was fun for me in every scene to just scan all four corners of the screen in the mm-hmm. center to figure to see what I could pick out from the ride. They did such a great job with that. So I believe I gave it in. Did I tell you? I think I gave you a, a, a figure. I texted you. It was in the 80s. Yeah, I thought it was 85. Yeah, an average of like 85 or 88.5 or something like that, the family average. So that's what I think of it. Go see Haunted Mansion, especially if you're a fan of the ride. It was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than I expected. 
And I'll say this, not, not a spoiler, but I said to Jacob, is Disney blatantly trying to make extra money on product placement? Was it, did it become a joke with the writers? Which if they did, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But were we trying to get more, more budget for the movie? Because there's a scene where the medium is like, okay, spirit, I want you to write down, um, you know, some details with this pen and pad that I bought from CBS. <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> that's true. There's a statement about, you know, something else where they got it at Costco, <laughs> you know, so there's blatant, mem- you know, mentions of products. Yeah. I mean, we all, you're watching movies and TV that if you see a box of Tide off to the side, Tide paid for that. Right. And I know that in production, no, nobody will give anything away for free. Even when we've done TV shows, movies, whatever, everything is checked to make sure there's black tape on it. Everything's covered. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So you think, I it was, that was, you think it was on purpose? They were playing, playing with it. I think it's clever if, you know, I probably knowing what I know about production, I feel like that was probably more of a joke on the writer's part because normally you just product place those things for visuals. Yeah. And I think they just had fun with it. I'm going to go with that. But at the same time, they probably got paid for it. Right. Exactly. You know? So interesting. Check that out. I think there's about five of them, five products that are just right out there. <laughs> including this U-Haul truck that you see about, you know, seven different angles in the first three minutes of the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Speaking of that, on a side note, I'm sitting on a cul-de-sac today and I hear, and I'm like, I'm looking around, I'm looking at my mirror. This FedEx truck comes in on two wheels, turns around <laughs> on the uh, cul-de-sac and just takes off up this little suburban neighborhood street. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's that funny I was, right before we started uh there's a fedex truck coming up my street and i'm on a little bit of a hill so he's got to hit the gas to uh to get it up there and i was i looked i was like what is that and i it was a fedex truck so maybe fedex needs to do a little work on their trucks yeah maybe <laughs> hey you know what i smell What's a that? resort deep dive <laughs> Well, he must be smelling pirate water because we are talking about Caribbean Beach Resort. Uh, so Caribbean Beach Resort is a moderate resort. And it's one of my favorites uh, resorts. And I'll tell you a quick little story. Uh, it's the first resort that I ever stayed at uh, on property. I was uh, 16. Um, nope, 14. And just graduated eighth grade. And my grandmother and aunt surprised me with a trip to Disney. Didn't even know it was going to happen. I decided I wanted to go to JFK. We live near JFK. Went to JFK to watch the planes take off. And my aunt and my grandmother were there. It was really weird. And um, so they, they gave me a card for my graduation. And it was a Mickey card. And they said, let's go to Disney. 
So that was uh, one of one of the best times that uh, that I ever had. Hollywood Studios had just opened up recently, so we got to go there for the first time. Um, so it was one of my my favorite uh, resorts. So it is a moderate resort. It did open in '88, so it is the oldest moderate resort. Um, so it was only a year old when I got there. It does have five different villages, each named after a Caribbean island. So you do have Barbados, Jamaica, Martinique, Trinidad, and Aruba. <clears throat> Obviously, this is Caribbean beach, so it does have its own private beach, poolside bar, uh, it certainly has shopping, and a nice coffee shop and cafe. Like most Disney resorts, it does have um, other activities that you can do. Um, but of course, you do have a really nice pool there. You do have a zero entry pool with two slides and water cannons inspired by uh, the Spanish. Yeah, there you go. That is just beautiful. Um, and because this resort is so big, you do have other pools um, around some of the other areas. So, for example, last time we stayed there, which was last year, um, we stayed in the Jamaica section and it has its own uh, smaller pool. But that's that was the main pool. Beautiful colors throughout the entire uh, resort area. Um, you know, with Disney, the theming is going to be going to be on point there. <clears throat> and in that main um, area, you do have several uh, cuisine options. You've got the Centertown Market, Sebastian's Bistro, uh, which I believe Corey did a, a vlog at or a live stream. We did a live um, stream from there. Live stream, yeah. Uh, Banana Cabana and Spyless, uh, Spyglass Grill. The rooms themselves, um, it's a moderate resort, so you're not going to get like you do in the uh, DVC or the deluxe resort. So it's going to be a pretty typical room. You've got two queen beds. Uh, this is the standard room. Then you also have the pirate-themed room which will be a little bit bigger and have a lot of the pirate theming in it. You also have one that has a fifth sleeper, they call it. So it's like a twin bed that folds down where the uh, TV is. So like for our family, I could have uh, Finley sleeping on that sleeper. She would certainly fit fine there. Um, I would say a child up to 12 or 14 probably would fit there with no problem. Um, but other than that, it's a pretty pretty typical uh, room. Um, they have updated them recently, so they they do feel uh, new, even though it's an older resort. Of course, Disney does does that right. <clears throat> um, I was trying to think about some hidden Mickey's there. I I'm telling you, I think Catherine found one. I have to have to see. Maybe she can put it in chat what the if she found one there. So we stayed in Jamaica. And the reason I chose Jamaica when we stayed there last time, uh, ironically, I'd stayed in Jamaica the first time I was there back in 1990. Um, but because this resort is so big, we stayed in Jamaica because Jamaica was a preferred room. So it is close to the Skyliner. And so you can see there, it's just uh, north of the Skyliner on this map. But it's so big that if you were staying in Martinique, you would not want to come all the way back to the Caribbean Beach Resort station. 
you would end up going to the Riviera station because you're so much closer, probably in Aruba too. You're so much closer to that uh, station. I mean, this is just absolutely a massive uh, resort. But um, even the walk from Jamaica back to the main uh, building, which is across the lake there or the bay, wasn't that bad a walk. And it, it's certainly uh, a nice, beautiful, uh, there's beautiful scenery and all that around. Um, so this is certainly one of my favorites. I think the rooms here were about two fifty a night or so. Uh, so certainly staying on a Disney property that's close to a, a Skyliner um, for that price was was really good. I would say they probably average about three hundred uh, a night there. And it is massive, you know. Uh, I. I've been live before we've been walking, we've walked through there, looked at it from the Skyliner and people ask about it, you know, and I only recommend it's beautiful. Like I mm -hmm. love everything you show. The theming is on point. It's, it's, it's everything a Disney resort is cracked up to be. I, I, I just don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I just don't know what they were thinking by making something so huge. Um, this is what I would do. I mean, it is fine in that sense. I guess the, the problem is if you're someone who, you know, re requires a scooter or maybe you, you don't have a scooter with you, but the dis the walking distance can be a little right. too much. Um, it could be tough for some people. Just know that you, you're invested in doing some walking. If you're staying down in Trinidad and you want to go eat on property, on the property of the resort, it's going to be a little bit of a walk. I think that they should have made more opportunities, spread out more restaurants throughout. I mean, it's big enough, I think, to justify a quick serve down between like Barbados and Trinidad, and then maybe you jump over and do one between like Aruba and Jamaica. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, something you know, that big, you know, I mean, and, and you can tell, you know, there's a pool down in Trinidad there's uh there's one in Jamaica that's obviously the big pool there. You have one in Martinique, one in Aruba. So everyone has their own separate pool. So you know that they're they understand it's a large um resort. So why not have um you know a, and and a, you know if you look down in Trinidad, that's where Spyglass Grill is. Um so that's good. But then on the left side where Jamaica and Aruba is, there's nothing you've got to walk all the way back over to um to the main uh building there so it they they could have done they could have added some i think some, in a couple of places yeah it's it's surprising with all the thoughts that go into the creation of anything on disney property it just boggled my mind when we stayed there and mm -hmm. for that reason now we're able-bodied um you know, I could wake up and run several miles around that resort, but mm -hmm. do I want to walk that far every morning to 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 breakfast or to lunch? You know, right. it is a nice walk. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but just want people to know that, it, you know, I was with my mom and, you know, putting that extra mileage on for her wasn't the greatest thing. Right. So, you know, it's just quite the distance for that. And we just talked about the improvements. I think that they sh they could should have put in initially, and they're not going to do it now. But it's a beautiful resort. It's great. It is right near the Skyliner, 
So I guess the only solution to it, right, is if you want to reduce your walking, just make it a priority to stay. Uh, remind me now, where is the main the main house to to eat and have those selections? Is it Old Port Royal? Yes. Or am I off? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you want to kind of stay, you know, for me, I want to stay in Barbados or even Martinique because now you've got the best of both worlds. You can experience everything right there as the closest area for you for the main pool and the restaurants. And you can just jump right over to Riviera and enjoy some things yeah. that they have over there as well. So, yeah. And if you want to take the Skyliner, you could stay in Martinique and take the Riviera um, station there. I will say it yeah. is nice, uh, like in Jamaica, like we were at Building 41 there. And so we were literally across the street from the Skyliner uh, and you just hop on. And the good thing is that at Caribbean Beach, that's the hub for the Skyliner. So all three lines connect there. So it's a yes. one shot right over to Hollywood. We were in Hollywood right. in four and a half minutes. Crazy. That's right. Exactly. That's a great point, right? So... Again, though, you sacrifice the food yeah. and everything. So do you want Skyliner or do you want that? So it forces your hand to make a choice on that one. So let us know in the comments if you've stayed at Caribbean Beach and if you've experienced any of these, these things as well. Uh, did it bother you? Did it not bother you? Did it stop you from wanting to stay again? Does it not matter to you? Let us know about your Caribbean Beach thoughts. And... Uh, We'd love to hear from them. And we do reply to all of our comments. Yeah. So let's move on. There we go. So it's time for In the Parks this week. And because we're recording this on a Monday, there's only one park day to talk about. And that is what we call Saturdays. Saturdays was, I was really excited for Saturdays because it's the, it was the start of a new festival. So we yep. had food and wine. We spent last podcast featuring some of our favorite potential and some of our food booths that we already know that we're returning. Some of our favorites to go try. And... It was a great stream. I think we executed it to perfection. I think we hit up enough food for the day. And it, we mixed in some favorites with some new ones. Mm -hmm. So what do we think about those? So we, we, we went straight to the fry basket, which was a huge hit, I think. I assume it was a huge hit for everyone. And that's part of why they brought it back. I know it was a huge hit for us. And the adobo yuca fries, amazing. But this time we had to downgrade the rating on it because they were super salty. I mean, they couldn't have been saltier unless you were a horse licking a salt lick. You know, <laughs> a deer on the side of the road licking a cold main street. It was very salty. I finished them. Although, you know what, in hindsight, maybe we should have brought them back and said, you know, I'm kind of familiar with these fries. Is it possible? Do you have a, a separate batch that I could try? So and so if that happens again, I'll ask. I'll say, you know, I just don't remember these that super salty. Are right. they intended that way or 
you know, I'll interact with the cast member and find out because that was a disappointment, but I did want everyone to know that these fries are outstanding and they were definitely way saltier than we remember. We also tried to pickle. Somebody had a, had a heavy hand, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's simple like that. They just had a little heavy hand on that batch and that's it. It's like you go to the, you go to the movies sometimes and the popcorn isn't just right. Yeah. You know, we've done that before Uh, a few weeks ago, Jacob and I, you know, this is how the popcorn goes. It starts with me. (laughs) I start, I start eating it first. Um, And there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Like Tammy just doesn't want it right away. Jacob just wants to take it after I've had some. So, um, and then sometimes he and I start sharing together, but I'll take some off the top and then I pass it to him. And then when he's done, it goes to Tammy. And uh, that's how it goes. If Jillian's there, it'll go Jillian, Tammy. Hmm. But, you know, a few weeks ago, I passed it to him and there wasn't much taken off the top. And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, I don't know if it's really on par today. And he tried it and he's like, it isn't. I'm like, but I ate some anyway because I'm a little bit hungry. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, you know, it's fine. We dumped it and then we went out and got a refill and it was spot on. So that's good. The other thing we touched on was the pickle milkshake. And the reason why I was most excited to do this, because it causes attraction to the stream. You know, people want to see this. Oh, my God, this is something that is not common. Pickle milkshake, you get all kinds of reactions. And I want to do do that for the stream. I'm always there's there's things that I've done for the stream that I I mean, that I wouldn't do otherwise. Pickle milkshake. Yeah. Yeah, eating the cricket, you know. Although I, that was spur of the moment, so eating the crickets was like okay. It, I don't think I would have headed over to Salt and Straw saying we're going to eat crickets, right? You know, where it was presented right away. And if Jacob would have said no, it would have been no for both of us. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the pickle milkshake was really good. It was surprisingly good. I think that sipping it. It looked like a mint milkshake. So I think your brain says, oh, this is going to be minty. So I feel like I felt some mint coming through at first with maybe some of the whipped cream. And then after that is where the dill hits you because it came topped with dill. So the dill and the pickle kind of came up, came at the end, which is good. Okay. If they're all combined, it may not have been so good, but the flavors just kind of followed themselves. So it was good. Uh, the majority of the table, you know, Jillian and not Jillian, but Tammy and Jacob, eh, they were so-so on it. Um, mm. But I liked it. Can't remember what I gave it for a rating, maybe a 3.5 to a 4. Mm. Um, I would get it again. It's not a must get it again, but um, I will probably have that again before this very long festival ends. <laughs> and so these, oh, so we tried the hot wings. And Neil kept calling them ghost pepper wings. And they are not ghost pepper wings because there is an actual rating scale. Right. And the ones we had, I believe, goes the Carolina Reaper number one, ghost pepper two, and then the one we had was number three. Uh. And I just can't remember the name of it. I keep forgetting, which is why I just went along with Neil and said the somewhat type of ghost pepper wing. (laughs) I just keep remembering it. So um, we had that rated number three. Neil was like, come on, man, your lips should be burning by now. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's not bad. It's 
really isn't bad. I wasn't putting him on. I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. It really isn't that bad. So we had those. But the funny thing is, Jacob had the same reaction as I did. I ate about two wings. The heat started to build. There was a point where the outside of my lips were getting numb. Mm. But the worst part of it was when I went to the peanut butter and jelly sticky wings, which, by the way, everyone, that is a must get at the festival. If you eat one thing, please go to the Odyssey and order those peanut butter and jelly wings. They are insane. So good. We need to do our research, Tammy and I, to figure out how we can enjoy that type of wing on football Sundays. So good. So good. I don't even know anybody that wouldn't like those because doesn't everybody like peanut butter and jelly? Everybody likes chicken. I mean, you can buy them. (laughs) And it is what it is. So good. But I was going to say, it was weird because I watched Jacob. He struggled with that first ghost pepper wing. It wasn't (laughs) ghost pepper. We're going to call it ghost faux ghost pepper. And he was struggling with it. And then when he decided to grab a peanut butter and jelly wing, he reacted the same way I did. Like I took a bite of that peanut butter and jelly wing and the gel is so thick that it like coated, it coated your lips, like encapsulated the heat. That's right. It was called Scotch Bonnet. Thank you, Jacob. Jacob's literally texting me from the other room. My man, (laughs) Scotch Bonnet. Because I did get a a message from a viewer and I'm so sorry. I would, I would, I would mention your name, but I, um, I just don't remember it off the top of my head, but thank you for reaching out. You know who you are and, and you can comment. Why don't you comment on this, on this podcast? But he pointed it out, you know, Hey, you know, you were saying it wrong and I kind of knew it. Neil was calling it ghost pepper and I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, Neil, 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 where is it? I need to know what to say to order it. And it did say scotch bonnet. It was the scotch bonnet. (laughs) So, so yeah, but it encapsulated, it like sealed in the heat. And Jacob's reaction, whoa. And I did the same thing. I was like, whoa, now it's hot. Right. That's what it was. That's what it was. Wow. So my most surprising thing and most enjoyable thing of the day, I mean, knowing that the, the peanut butter and jelly wings are just the bomb, was over at Joffrey's. And everybody knows that I am not a big fan of Joffrey's. Will I get Mm -hmm. a drink from Joffrey's now and then? Yes. But I'm not like at the end of the night, like, yes, I got to get my Starbucks. Right. You know, I know Starbucks isn't perfect on everything. There's certain things I like at Starbucks. There's certain things eh, I can be critical of too. But I, I was starting the World Showcase walkthrough. And we noticed that Joffrey's was still open after hours. That's how you do it. That's what we've been saying about Starbucks in any of the Disney parks, Hollywood Studios, Epcot. Why are you closing? Why are you closing? You should be open like an hour, an hour after. How much, how much money do they lose? Seriously. So with that said, we stopped over and we were able to get a couple things. I got a cookie to share with the fam. And the history of that cookie so far is Nobody ate it at the park, which I thought they would want that at the park while we're doing the World Showcase walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And about a little less than half of that cookie left, so a third, and I'm the only one that's eating it. <laughs> <laughs> it always happens. It always happens. But it was called the rose. It was roseberry, roseberry something. Yeah. yeah. From Jobberies, it was lemonade in like 
strawberry syrup on the bottom. Those two hit so well. Yeah. What a combination to each other. Sweet and sour together. That is a giddy again all the time. Like to the point where I'm thinking about doing the World Showcase walkthrough more from Canada so that oh, I so can you stop can start there and get it. it and do the walk. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'd be closed. You know, maybe they won't be open every night, you know, that I do it. But hey, we can test it tomorrow night. You know, I can do if the if the timing lays out that I'm able to do like Epcot Forever from Canada. There you go. We'll walk I was very surprised when uh uh Kathy saw that they were open. I was I was shocked because uh, I just I expected know. all food to be closed. She's like Joffrey's is open, I'm going over. And I'm like, well, uh, because yeah. I might she, not she left I, you. I, I, I thought <laughs> she left me thinking, wow, they probably cut the line off, but there was even people allowed to go behind us. So that's what we did. Wow. And I'm so glad we did it. It was so good. The one thing we did forget over the fry basket was the pickle fries. Mm -hmm. And basically, you strip them down. They're fried pickles like you would get at restaurants. You know, cut more of the circular shaped. This was long form to look like Mm -hmm. a fry. Well coated. Um, I'm very picky about those. I'm critical about them because I love, you know, I never had pickle fries or pickle chips or anything like that until... Buffalo Wild Wings came into our lives when we lived in Maine, like 15 years ago, maybe. Mm. And to me, those are still the best. I think Buffalo Wild Wings does them right. And I thought, so Chili's does them really well too. But I think these pickle fries are closest to Buffalo Wild Wings. So highly recommend those pickle fries as well. Nice. For sure. Yeah. Um, and for the walkout, uh, to wrap up this week in the parks, uh, there's this is the thing. This is what's different about our channel, too. Towards the end, and I'm sure you can agree with this, whether it's doing the World Showcase walkthrough at the end at Epcot or just walking a- around any of the parks to close the night out, it's kind of where we kind of get... Um, little wishy-washy on the channel it's just it's just letting me letting everyone watching know how much i appreciate them but most of the time it's initiated by the viewers the fam the dis family just about how much they appreciate us and i just want to say i'm so thankful for that and that did not go unnoticed at all i mean i commented on it but there were several of the viewers watching the other night People that came out of the woodwork that are mm-hmm. been ninja watchers forever mm-hmm. were such big fans of yours. And that stuff like catches my eye and my ear. Like, um, okay, all right. And you know, thanks for getting us through COVID. You know, I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. You know, and now Disney with us. And just several people that I've never seen them come out into chat came out and how much they loved and appreciated us. And that always goes to the heart. And I know I sound like I I repeat myself a lot, but what, how, how other else can you say it than the ways I say it? We truly appreciate everything. Yeah. So I think we're good. I think we should wrap it up there. We're, we're at 103. All right. <laughs> I like it. We're at 103. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think we did a great podcast today. Covered a lot of good points. I think we had a lot of fun. And yep. uh, yeah, we covered comparisons and contrasts with 
Disney parks with the feature on the Disney castles around the world. And uh, we covered the great resort of Caribbean Beach. And we'll continue that series as well. And uh, talked about our first visit to the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival 2023. And there'll be many more visits for that. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And this is a recording. Next week, we will be live coming back. I have you. I have my, my letters right here. I'll be putting L-I-V-E back up next week. Don't worry about it. That's right. And I would be remiss if we don't go. We have to go. <laughs> we can't go without first revealing the Disney shirt beneath the shirt. Did I say that right? Yeah. And it is this one. It's the Walt Disney. Ah, yeah. Right there. So it's the white t-shirt with a hand-drawn Walt Disney World with different things on it. You've got the World Showcase. You've got, uh, what else is represented here? So I many see the things. Hollywood, Hollywood uh, Studios up there, the entrance to yep. Hollywood Studios. Jumbo, teacups, uh, X-Wing fighters, all kinds of things. Yep. And the cool thing is, the back of the shirt lists all of the rides in order. Which is now out of date, so they got to redo this and add Tron, you yep. know. And Guardians is not on and there, Guardians. but it's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. I wear this shirt. You want to know something? People never see me wear this one in the parks, but it is one of my most, if not the most, worn Disney shirt that I own. It's one that I choose to wear under my scrubs at work because it's white, you know, and oh. it's just I have a small rotation of Disney shirts that I wear at work. I don't want to wear the other ones out too much, so yeah. this is one I've chosen to kind of wear out a little bit nice so yeah Very nice. all right oh you know before i go we got to make sure we hit up our sponsors quickly and yeah. uh and we'll we'll let you go but we'll be live next week we love you all thanks for joining us once again whether you're watching on the rewatch or the premiere so let's just hit up our sponsors real quickly if you're about to plan your next Disney vacation with over a decade of helping people find the homes of their dreams, you want to look up Victor Naraki. He is the perfect realtor of Vision Home Real Estate, LLC. To help you find the home of your dreams, go to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. That's DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. Victor's trying to increase his numbers on YouTube, and he is a big sponsor of Give Kids the World. So if he reaches 10,000 subscribers in the year of 2023... He is going to hand over $1,000 to give kids the world. So help out Victor, help kids give kids the world. It's a win-win. And you can also email him at celebratingflorida at gmail.com. If you're about to start planning your next vacation, book your next vacation with your magical adventures await. Claudia is creating Disney adventures worldwide. She can send you to Walt Disney World, Florida, any Disney park worldwide, Disney Cruise Lines, Alani Resort in Hawaii. She uh, she also will uh, book you for the group vacations with Adventures by Disney. And she's also a Universal Studios expert. If you book with her, her services are free and her availability is unmatched. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make your magical planner, Claudia Anderson, today from your magical adventures await. 956-455-8049. And on Instagram, let's start following Claudia. Uh, she posts great uh, vacation photos on her Instagram. Mm -hmm. Let's try to build up that following. 
and uh, just look her up, Claudia Anderson. So let's start following. Let's build up that following for Claudia. All right. We said it all. We done it all. We had tons of fun. And we'll be back next week where this is showing on a Thursday. Thursdays. Our next live stream is Saturdays. And we will be at Hollywood Studios having some fun. And Love it. I think it's just, uh, Love it. just the fam. Unless someone joins us, maybe Neil. Neil may join us as well. We'll have some fun. It's a rise of the resistance. We're out. We'll see you all soon.